We want to be doing everything we can to reduce the stress on that plant. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey, Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we improve yields and increase profits. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you today. So we've been listening to people. We know there's still snow on some of the guys' fields in Minnesota. There's still snow in the Dakotas. It's cold. It's wet. We had a freeze here last weekend. We're supposed to get another freeze Saturday night. We are in southern Iowa right on the border. Guys are running, and we understand that, and it's it's getting to go time. However, one of those three tips here that we can possibly implement that will help us come out of this with these cold, damp soils that some of us have. And I know some of us are, have cold, dry soils, and I understand that. But for the cold soils, especially, it will help. And in the cold, damp, hint number one is this. The first tip is patience. I know it's hard. I saw a post yesterday, I think Karen shared it. You know, who's starting to plant corn just because the neighbors are? It's hard. When the neighbors get out their planter, you know, the temptation is there. We got to go too. We got to go too. And we got a lot of acres to do. And and so it's the temptation is strong. And I want to encourage you to be patient. You're not worried about what the neighbors do. You're worried about your soil conditions. You know, we go out, we grab that dirt. We wad it up in a big ball and we make it real tight and we drop it. If it doesn't shatter when it hits the ground, we probably need to consider waiting another day. And so, you know, we can have a little bit of patience here before we get clear crazy. And so that is the key number one. The second tip is we know that, that we're planning and we know it's, it doesn't seem to be very warm. The 10-day forecast here is looking like, you know, nothing above 65 degrees, getting down into the low 40s every single night. It's going to be cold. And I understand that as soon as it gets dry and we get through this freeze this weekend, everybody's going to go crazy. And I get that. But you know, that blue powder that Karen's been posting up on the Better Way to Farm page here for uh, Facebook is truly a secret sauce. And what it is, is it's a denison monophosphate. It's an energy source that fuels that little seed to come up out of the ground. You know, every seed has a certain amount of adenosine monophosphate in it. That's what boots it up and gets it out of there. And so what do we do? We give each seed a little sack lunch. That's what that product does. It comes in a liquid and or a dry form. And I would encourage you to think about maybe that might be the best three bucks an acre that you spend ever. Something to consider. You know, it's got Beck's data on it that shows really well. It's PFR proven. Just a tip. And the third thing that we should think about and probably consider is the use of a high FOSS complete fertilizer. And by complete, I'm talking about an N, P, and K. Why is that so important as we start looking at all of these people trying to plant early, these people trying to run when it's cold out? Well, let's review our nutrients, okay? The nitrogen is fundamentally in the starter to hold it together. It's part of the process of making a hot mix stabilized product, and that nitrogen is what brings that, okay? The phosphorus, on the other hand, we know that there's a lot of phosphorus being sold right now. I've got Midwest Labs reports laying right here. I got a new one today, and the label on the fertilizer said made from food grade or tech grade phosphorus. 
The difference between food grade and tech grade right now is about $6 a gallon. Why is that? Because the food grade is pure and the tech grade is not. This individual sent me this test today, and as I was reviewing it, he was told that it's an orthophosphate. And it also said derived from orthophosphate. It was. It was derived from that. However, the finished product was a product that was 8% orthophosphate. That means it's 92% polyphosphate. What's the difference? Well, reviewing, the orthophosphate is individual links of a log chain, separate, not connected, and that is the only form of phosphorus that goes into a plant. A polyphosphate is a whole bunch of those links tied together, just like a log chain, all tied together. What makes them break down? How is it that they become available? Temperature. The most important factor in those breaking down is temperature. And it has to get above 60 before they even start. And at 60 to 65 degrees, studies would show that a polyphosphate will break down at about a 2% per month rate. So that means if we plant and our soil temperature stays 65, and we're going to be a while getting above 65, that means in that first 30 days, this gentleman has 8% of what he put out there is available, and he'll pick up another 2% out of the polyphosphate if everything works perfect. So about 10% of what he applied is going to be available in this early crunch time when we really, really, really need that phosphorus. If we use a pure ortho product, it's 100% available. It is there and it is in a form that will go into the plant. And as an added bonus, it is at a neutral pH, which makes it more readily available. So what kind of phosphorus we get makes a huge difference. The other thing we're looking at on all of these starters is what is the metal count? What is the zinc, cadmium, chromium, mercury, lead, arsenic? What are those heavy metals? What do they look like in there? A good fertilizer will have zero detectable heavy metals. They'll be below the threshold for the analysis machines to detect anything there. A lot of your tech grade will not be that way. I dare say I have never seen a tech grade fertilizer that came out that way. There's a lot of reasons that tech grade is so much less money. And it's interesting because a lot of farmers are driving green or red or blue tractors. And there's other tractors out there that are a lot less money, but they feel like it's really important to have quality because it makes a difference. And yet somehow, in the words of my good friend Bill from out in western Iowa, my buddy out there, he said, it's always amazing to me. We buy the best tractors and the best planters. We drive the best pickups. And then we brag about buying the cheapest junk fertilizer that we can find. And I think maybe that's something that we should rethink. That's a, It's a concept that needs to be re-ran in our brain because the industry has told us over and over and over that a pound is a pound the world around. And that's not true. It's not true in tractors. It's not true in pickups. It's not true in seed corn. It's not true in chemicals. It's not true in anything. And it's not true in fertilizer either. And so if we're going to beat this cold, damp soil for quality, phosphorus is important. That food-grade, pure, heavy metal-free phosphorus is secret number two. Let's talk about secret number three, or the second part. I guess this would be 3B, if you will, because we're still on starter fertilizer. 
but 3B is to make sure it's a complete starter. You know, for a long time, we've thought that, well, we just need a 10340, an 8240, a 1240, and we were looking at some nitrogen and some phosphorus. But the fact of the matter is, guys, a corn plant in the first 25 days takes up almost twice as much potassium as it does phosphorus. And in the first 50 days, a corn plant takes up four times as many pounds of potassium as it does phosphorus. Do we have an early need for phosphorus? Absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yes, we do. And we have looked at that and we've tried to address it. Maybe we haven't done it very well. Maybe we've been using a polyphosphate. Maybe we've been using a product with metals. But at least we've attempted to address it. We have ignored K. I don't know why, but the fact is that K is actually more important in them first 50 days than the phosphorus, or at least the need is a lot bigger. According to work that was published out of the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, a corn crop that yields 175 bushel of corn needs to uptake into the plant 255 pounds of potassium. The removal rate's a quarter of a pound per bushel. We know that. But the uptake rate is 255 pounds. Get 175 bushel yield. Now, let's talk about what happens if you want to move from 175 bushel yield to 250. So that would be a roughly a 50% increase, a little over 50% increase. To get that 50 or 55% increase, what happens with K uptake? Well, 175 bushel takes 255 pounds. 250 bushel takes 475 pounds uptake. The removal rate doesn't change. It only takes out one quarter of one pound of potassium for a bushel. However, on the uptake side, it takes about 70% more to get a yield increase like that. That that uptake really almost doubles, 255 to 475. Guys, that's a big jump. And if we don't get that adequate potassium in the plant, we don't get the yield that we deserve. And so we want to make sure we're doing that. And that remember that that uptake curve starts out pretty high in the beginning. That plant is really sucking in a lot of potassium given the choice. And that's super relevant because depending on which soil scientist you want to talk to, they will basically all agree that it's at least 65 degree soil temperature before the K in your soil will let go, at least 65. There's a pretty good group of soil scientists who believe that it's 70 degrees is the temperature has to happen at a four inch depth in order to get uptake of K into a plant. So we're out here planting today. You know, this weekend it's going to be 32 of a night and 42 in the high. Next week, it's going to be a high of 62, 63, getting down to 40 at night. We're going to have a hard time maintaining a 70-degree soil temperature at four inches with that. We're going to be quite a while even getting to it. And so there are these things that we can do that we would encourage you to think about. You know, the bottom line is it's hard to be patient. That's step number one. The second one is easy. We use a good seed germinating boost. Okay, we get something on there that really helps it come out of the ground like it's angry and we get a uniform emergence. Number three, we use a starter, but it's important that it be a complete 
NPK. And I would add that there would be a great opportunity here. Make sure your micros are right when you put those in there because it's really important to have those in there to drive roots. And I'm going to share with you, there are many things that you will gain from doing this. Number one, you'll come out of the ground better early. You're going to have better plant health. We know that plants that have inadequate potassium tend to be less healthy. We know that plants that have inadequate potassium tend to have standability issues. And there are certain hybrids from certain companies that have standability issues all on their own. And so we don't want to do anything to exacerbate those and make them worse. We want to be doing everything we can to reduce the stress on that plant. And when we do that and we get the more uniform emergence and we get the deeper roots and we get the healthier plant, we get two things in the fall. Number one, healthier plants stay green. Therefore, we have better standability. Healthier plants translocate moisture out of the grain back into the roots. What happens when we do that? Now, all of a sudden, our corn matures faster. And if we want to get this to mature a little quicker, be a little heavier, harvest a little faster, yield a little more, then we need to be looking at the total package of what it takes to make that happen. And guys, we just want to encourage you. There are things that you can do. On the one hand, you can say, that's ah, really getting late. I'm not sure I want to do anything different. And on the other hand, we could say, it's going to start getting late and I have to do something different. Like most of life, everything is either an excuse or a reason. If the excuse is your side, that's fine. We're not angry. We'd love to help you. If it's a reason, we would love for you to reach out. We would love to talk to you. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in as always. Guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. I hope you're having a blessed spring and great things are happening for you. And I hope it's safe. I hope it's productive. And we are always, always, we hope you're having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.